0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. mai koe ki ki o This is Our Changing World on RNZ National. And now... Long-time listeners of the show might remember back a couple of years ago when I joined University of Canterbury volcanologists who were testing the impact of volcanic ballistics using a medieval catapult.
1: So this is a catapult to simulate the passage through the air of volcanic bombs as they fly out of volcanoes. I think we're ready to try the silly putty. 1st got the silly putty wrapped in a condom. Does it fly through the air like a cowpat? Or does it splat on the ground like a cow pat?
0: They also had a vertical cannon, which they were firing at various objects to find out how they withstood the impact.
1: We've got a crater. It's kind of buried
2: itself a little bit.
0: I thought I'd catch up with what George Williams and Ben Kennedy have been doing with the cannon recently, which now has a permanent home inside, you guessed it, a shipping container.
2: We've got a barrel, which is taller than I am, so it's over two metres tall. And compared to the last one you talked to us about, it's apparently four times as powerful. So, yeah, basically we've got this huge uh, welding pipe which can handle a lot of air pressure. And so what we do is we pump air into the top of it and basically release it all at once to shoot rocks down at whatever it is we want to test
0: so, what have you been firing this cannon at recently?
2: There's been one research group looking at how hard hats can behave during like quite small ballistics hitting them. Because whenever a volcanologist or I guess people who are hiking on volcanoes go up, they'll often be wearing a hard hat to protect themselves. We've been looking at reinforced concrete, um, working with the engineering department, looking at different ways of retrofitting concrete roofs to make them safer in case they get hit by large volcano cannonballs and right here we've got a sandbox which um, one of my colleagues is looking at sort of the craters which are left behind after a ballistic impact because often that's all that we see in the geological record and it's the way basically that we can look at the ballistic hazard from past eruptions is by looking at these craters which are left behind so she's examining what it takes to make different types of craters in terms of ballistic impacts.
0: So you've been working your way through different things that you've been firing the cannon at. So what uh, kind of results have you had to date?
1: So, yeah, we were looking at um, roofing materials, which George um, has now written a a paper about and he's calibrated now how different roofing materials can withstand different amounts of energy, um, working out how much energy exactly you need to make a hole in a
2: roof and um, what conditions it would be safe and under what materials it would be safe. A lot of building materials aren't going to be able to do at least in isolation, aren't going to be able to handle some of these larger ballistic blocks. But then when you start thinking about, of course, there's the multiple layers to a house, the things I was testing were just a single layer of, say, sheet metal for a roof. And one thing we found was even a piece of metal like that it might only slow the ballistic down a little bit, but when you think about in terms of impact energy, that's what is um, allowing a ballistic to cause all its damages, its high energy. And if you lower its speed just a little bit, that actually massively reduces its energy and its potential to keep carrying on through the house. So that was one of the things we found. Uh, one key thing in volcanology is that hazard models, so thinking about knowing what the volcano does is massively come along say since the 1980s when this work was first done so now we can actually think about the angles which blocks are striking buildings at but we still don't know what the actual impact or the vulnerability of things we care about might be so we need to bring that up to standard and now we're trying to look at working with tom wilson we're trying to look at compounding effects of
1: different hazards so for example if there was a layer of ash on top of the roof first, how would that affect the impact of the ballistic and these two hazards working together?
2: On Monday, we did our first uh, sort of test few runs looking at that. So we started with the 20 centimeter thick layer of ash, which looked quite impressive. And sure enough, we hit it as hard as we possibly could with the cannon. There was no damage done to the concrete. Whereas, if there was nothing there based on our previous experiments, that would have blasted a hole right the way through. So then we started lowering the layer of ash and Again, we hit it at that same speed, try and, and it would normally create a hole all the way through, and it, all it resulted in was some cracks in the concrete, so it's quite interesting to finally get those experiments going and seeing a, little bits of ash flying everywhere and and all that going on. Another sort of eruption which got us thinking about this was, back in 2014, there was sort of this unexpected eruption in Japan. They had about perhaps six minutes warning um, before it went off on a day when there were a lot of hikers around, and Basically, everyone who managed to take shelter inside these timber buildings, which timber isn't very good at um, stopping a ballistic, everyone managed to survive, and we think one reason the buildings did quite a good job of protecting people is because they were covered in these large boulders, and eventually, as well, ash was raining down on these boulders. And the reason those boulders were there wasn't even to do with the volcano. They were worried about uh, cyclones ripping the roofs off during high winds, but it ended up perhaps providing this armoring effect. So that's what we're interested in sort of replicating here and seeing if there's any merit to it.
0: Now, George, this is one of your concrete slabs that's had something fired through it. Do you want to describe the hole to me?
2: Yeah, sure thing. So we shoot ballistics down at the top of a concrete slab, which is... Um, designed to be like concrete slabs that we have in the roofs of buildings here in New Zealand and we see this typical damage sort of style where there's a small hole on the top but a really massive sort of shearing out sort of cone moving through the slab and basically what we have is these chunks of concrete getting ejected at high speed into the building even though the ballistic itself hasn't managed to pass through the reinforced concrete slabs.
0: Have you been looking at putting stuff underneath then to try and catch all of that those fragments that are created? Yeah,
2: exactly. So since we've figured out that the reinforcing bars are enough to stop the rock itself, the next problem is to try and stop this concrete shrapnel. So we're working together with students in the civil engineering department and we're attaching high tensile fabric of fibreglass uh, chemically bonding that onto the underside of the concrete to see if this tensile fabric can prevent the shrapnel from being ejected into a building.
0: I'm curious about the hard hats.
2: It's a long-held view in kind of the macho
1: volcanologist world that a hard hat is not going to save your life if a bomb's flying out of a volcano at hundreds of metres a second, and I think that's probably true. But one of the lessons learned from Ontake was um, it's not just direct hits from blocks flying at hundred meters per second that um, are killing people. There's a lot of shrapnel and bits that have ricocheted. For example, if you're, on a, you're standing on the side of the volcano and blocks are landing all around you, a lot of them are shattering and they hit the ground and the shrapnel coming off. Or if you're sheltering inside a wooden building and the blocks come through the roof, but it's been slowed down then in all those cases, the hard hat is going to offer probably life-saving protection for you. But in the case of a direct hit from a block, which is much less likely, then um, it probably wouldn't.
0: I can't help but think of bicycle helmets, So You know, if you have a big fall on your bike, your bicycle helmet might be munted, but it took the shock rather than your head.
1: Mm, Exactly, and I think that's what even some of these helmets that have got cracks in, and they may not have prevented... Um, an injury, but you may have prevented death, and I think that 's one thing that maybe these helmets could still be doing they 're just increasing your chance of surviving rather than one hundred percent stopping everyone from any harm.
0: so what are you going to test
1: next there 's almost a never ending supply of things that need smashing. Um, <laughs> I think houses all around the world are made out of different materials, and each one of those materials offers different amount of protection and the information on how these materials can withstand different eruptions is um, a never ending kind of playground of e- experiments to do.
0: Thanks to Ben Kennedy and George Williams from the Department of Geological Sciences at the University of Canterbury. And you'll find a short video of the cannon being fired at different kinds of building material on our webpage rnz.co.nz/slash our changing world.